Hello and welcome to Editing Aloud. My name is Samay Zake. With me in studio today are Lucanio, TJ and Siko. And we're going to be taking a look at some of the happenings over the last while. So gentlemen, I want to start off by taking a look at ESCOM. Um, by, by no, no doubt, it's Sikonati is your favorite topic, and um, Suru Maposa has been meeting with, with the board, and we're expecting some announcements later um, this week on um, what he could possibly do to help that utility out. What, what are your thoughts on that? So, uh, so he met with the board of ESCOM uh, on, on Tuesday, together with the ministers, finance minister and public enterprises and energy. That's Kwete Mantashe, uh, Titombo Wini, and, and Pravin Gordon. Uh, we, of course, at this point, we can only speculate what was being discussed. This we expect the facts tomorrow at the State of the Nation address when Cyril Ramaphosa, one, must answer the very critical question, how much, not if, how much will the government be handing over to ESCOM? How many billions of our taxpayers' money? When is, not if again, when is the restructuring of ESCOM starting. And there was that uh, break it into three. Into three yes. And there's the, the big elephant in the room. ESCOM has already said on the record, we've got 16,000 more people than we need to have. Will Cyril Ramaphosa kickstart that process in parliament tomorrow? But they've been talking about it for, for a while. I mean, is, is, can, is there real appetite to implement what has been discussed? No, I was just going to say that as soon as Sigonati mentioned the sort of numbers with jobs, I think like it was, was it 2018? Jabo Mabuza was saying it's 30% overstaffed. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, a year and a half now, and it's still like probably more than 30% overstaffed now, considering they're probably producing less and making even less. Actually, now they're making big losses. So I think that's been the whole issue with ESCOM. I think we've all lost count how many like subcommittees, how many this and that. So that's been over the last. 18 months and we just need to get to see some action and um, hard to see. I mean, at some point, some, something has to be done, right? Otherwise, this, the thing stops just running. But it's, it's a face down with the, with the unions, TJ. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes like, you, you get this urgency as, as soon as there's load shedding or, or rolling blackouts and then, then there's a sort of a, a, a public outcry and then you see things being put closer into place. But I mean, the debt of ESCOM is a constant thing that we can't get away from. So I mean, that must be playing on the mind of, of both the ministers and the president. And I think ESCOM, ESCOM's management itself. So I mean, when you talk to the kind of numbers, 16,000 people, that's a lot. 400 billion to 600 billion rand, that's also a lot. So I mean, ESCOM in some way is holding the country's growth hostage. And uh, until that doesn't get sorted out, I think the, the numbers of jobs on the line and the numbers of jobs that don't, that don't get reported really. I mean, a guy starting his own business who can't survive because of power cuts. So he can't, I mean, he can't make his hot dogs just because he doesn't have power at that specific time because over lunchtime, that's when people and need his hot dogs. And then people can't buy the hot dogs. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. No, and so people no go hungry jobs. and he also doesn't make money. So that's, I mean, it's a very simple example, but... The thing is, there, there's so many more invisible jobs at stake. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the thing that I think is, is difficult to grasp. When, the, when, when you talk to the unions, they represent specific people that you can count and see. But there's an invisible uh, jobs on the line. It's always interesting with the jobs one. For example, I mean, you can quantify it. I mean, for that one example, the mining council has already said they've lost something like 100, 150,000 jobs because of like, uh, the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the impact of, of higher tariffs from ESCOM. 
At the meantime, at the same time, you also got the NUM, so which represents mining workers, but also as members at ESCOM. But it's seemingly more concerned about the 15,000 people at ESCOM than about the 150,000 people who work in the mines. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 sometimes it's hard to really understand the way that they're thinking around these issues. But, I mean, we, we, we keep talking about the things that, um, you know, ESCOM causes, the issues, um, things that need to be implemented. But can it actually be saved? Yes, absolutely. Totally so. However, the thinking that you need to solve ESCOM's problems cannot be the same thinking that you had creating this massive problem. The one thing that Cyril Ramaphosa needs to do, we, we, we wrote a story about this in the Financial Mail and we said the man needs to cross the Rubicon and that means facing down the trade unions, uh, getting them to accept the short-term pain of job losses now, the 16,000, in order to save ESCOM, one. Two, you need to get the discipline of investors, uh, private investors, to come in and buy stakes either in individual units and power stations or in, in, in the holding company so you can eliminate the corruption that comes with the politicians controlling ESCOM. That is what you need. So immediately, Cyril Ramaphosa has to stand up and tell the nation tomorrow, comrades, ladies and gentlemen, we are now starting the restructuring uh, as from the 1st of July, we're breaking ESCOM into three. And the management, which we hired to do this and then we stopped them, by the way, mm. will be coming in and cutting jobs. Our members who elected me into leading the ANC and uh, are organizing at ESCOM, COSATU and the National Union of Mechers, have to accept the short-term pain of losing jobs at ESCOM in order for, for the company to, uh, to leave. So for, 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 for the nation to survive, ESCOM must cut jobs. Well, and, and, and the private sector is already involved in ESCOM in some sense. I mean, they're clients of ESCOM, they're suppliers of ESCOM, and in some sense they've raked in the profits as consultants to ESCOM. So I think your better alignment would be for someone in the private sector to be stakeholders in ESCOM or shareholders in ESCOM, because then I mean, then their own money is on the line. If, if you're a consulting firm and you rake in a few billion off ESCOM, I mean, then it suits you if the company is not doing well, if the SOE is not doing well. Mm. I mean, on, on the back of that um, ESCOM story, we had uh, Trillion being ordered, um, that consultancy firm Trillion being ordered to return 600 million um, to the utility. You're going to say it's not nearly enough. It's not nearly enough, of course. Uh, this is 600 million, only a part of 1.6 billion rent. Let's, let's, let's call things what they really are. That was stolen by the executives of ESCOM and given on a platter to McKinsey and to Trillian. McKinsey has already paid after business day and the rest of the media led the assault and demanded the money be paid back. McKinsey has already paid back a billion rand, a 900 million rand plus interest. And, and Trillian said, we... We're not paying back. The court has now actually said this was the proceeds of illegality. They did not define the illegality. I'll define it for you. It was theft. Money stolen from ESCOM by about 14 people who worked at ESCOM and gave it to McKinsey and Trillian. So the money must come back. The question is uh, when will ESCOM enforce that court judgment and get the money back? I suppose a comment somebody has said since it's been so long. Is the money still there? Or would he, would he... That should not bother you and I. <laughs> ESCOM should enforce that mm. and go after companies 
and individuals. Mm -hmm. This is only the civil part where you recover uh, stolen assets. There's the most important part that's not been tackled. You need to set a precedent. Those 14 executives that worked for ESCOM and handed over the money, Business Day and myself and Financial Mail and the rest of the media for the past four years have been telling the story. There's treason involved, not only the thieving that I'm talking about. Treason. Somebody needs to be tried for treason and jailed for a very long time. Uh, the, the sequestration of the people involved and the entities is just a minor bit. I mean... Sorry, TJ, you're gonna you're gonna add something there? No, I I, for, I for just wanted day. to add the word allegedly in there a few times, but apart from that, I'm happy. <laughs> I've, I've given up on that title. He knows me now. There are facts here. There are facts here, and it is a fact that Mackenzie and Trillian benefited from stolen money. Yeah. They the the court has now said Trillian pay back the six hundred million. Mackenzie did not volunteer out of their good hearts, but they really saw no way out of it. They are guilty of receiving stolen money. Mm. All right, so Sekonati feels very strongly uh, about this. Let's move on, but carrying on with the theme of uh, our, our SOEs. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, took a look at the, um, the ongoing um, Zondo Commission. Yesterday we had, uh, I think it is the former CFO of SAA, Pumeza um, Nancy, who was, uh, ma made a few comments saying that she realized if I can quote her, that she realized that she was being used as a vehicle um, by people to enrich themselves. And also, interestingly, that um, an advisor to Mieni was um, running the show at SAA. Y your views on those, I mean, on those proceedings? I know if, if you know if you're not here at the time that you were, you were reading these things from a distance, you like, they didn't seem, I mean, what's coming out now is really, every day is almost, it's more shocking than the next, than the previous day. I mean, I mean it's, just, it's not just talks to the complete lack of controls, like lack of con basic like corporate governance. You know, I mean, the idea that somebody comes in, nobody knows who they are, and they're basically running the show. I mean, it's the same thing with, our, with the trillion story you just mentioned. Trillion never actually signed a contract with ESCOM at any point. Yet it was <laughs> and, and, yet it, yeah. and yet it was like, it was, was able to get 600 million to take from 3 billion rand mm -hmm. because the target was 9 billion rand mm -hmm. in fees. Mm -hmm. What you see in the South African Airways story is exactly that. Treason, total treason, by people entrusted to run these companies for the, for the benefit of the people of South Africa. And they went and did the exact opposite. How do you have somebody totally unknown to the company coming in and instructing uh, executives, the finance director, the chief executive, what to do? Also, you have to remember this is also, remember those, those heady days at the Treasury when people are pounded, pitched up and, and started telling that there is a general law, you, you're going to do this and do that. Mm -hmm. It sort of speaks to that wider culture. Even if you don't know the specific about SAA, you just, it's, just, it's just like another nail in the coffin in a way. Like it's just about how the, the but, culture but was totally broke down. Mm. Delegating responsibility to, mm. to someone unknown. Mm. Yeah. And, and you can, Unelected. And you can repeat this across all the companies owned by the people of South Africa but managed by the state, okay? South African Broadcasting Corporation, which you're gonna talk about, mm -hmm. Daniel, Petro SA, they are all bankrupt. Cyril Ramaphosa will have not done enough if tomorrow he does not announce there will be a bailout of 100 billion rand for the next two years, in addition to the 69 we've already paid, and the 83 we've already paid four years ago. Mm -hmm. You need, so all of this was money stolen, stolen. Let's, let's be frank. Yeah. Across all these companies, the SAA example is just, is just only one of many.
Well, and and all of these companies, all these SOEs, they were in trouble when when before this uh, this change came and we got this delegated authority to people who weren't elected or appointed but who were just you know running the show. So they were already in trouble because most of them had old business models or. I mean, using things in the wrong way, or had been victim of corruption in a previous era. Mm. So, I mean, what would have been great is uh, if it was fixed. I, but I, like, I mean, I, I like love the you, dreaming. I like the fact that you are pointing out correctly and accurately that they have always been corrupt. Absolutely, these guys have just come in and killed everything. Troubles that the SABC is, uh, is, is facing. It's been warning that uh, day zero is fast approaching. I think, in fact, uh, they were warning that it could happen this week at some point. Sikonati? Yeah, it's called voodoo economics. Stella, Stella Ndabeni Abrams, yes. the, the communications minister, when she came in as minister last year, she did exactly what Praveen did at ESCOM and went to the board and said, stop it. You are not going to, to do your jobs here. You're not going to restructure the company. You are not going to cut jobs here. Uh, the, the, at, at that point, the SABC's board and management said, we need to, to release 1,200 contractors because we don't have money to pay them and 981 employees. Now, all 3,000 people that work there and the millions of people that uh, uh, listen to the SABC and rely on it for news and information are facing a blackout of a different kind from electricity. It's got not a cent in the vault. Well, I was there for an interview of a few weeks ago, and, and it, it's strange. Looking for a job. Not looking for, <laughs> no, 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 not that kind of interview. <laughs> I don't think they do those anymore. Oh. So, uh, and, and for me, it was interesting. I mean, most of the companies in financial distress are two, three um, uh, story buildings, but the SABC. Is a, it has a 20-odd-story 20 building in Auckland Park. And, uh, I mean, it makes you nervous to get into the, into the lift when, when it's a company in financial distress because you wonder whether the lifts are getting serviced. And to me, that was an interesting thing. I mean, people would be fearing for their jobs the same way as I, I was when I got into, into the lift. And I think it, it speaks to a wider thing where if a company gets mismanaged for a long time, some things are going to get left behind. Mm. I will, <clears throat> I will just add something like that. Uh, Sikonati is not accurately, perfectly accurate when he said he's in the sand on the vault because I did pay my TV license yesterday <laughs> and I've got the receipt here. So there is at least 291 rand or whatever that I paid yesterday. So, so, I, I, also <laughs> I also paid this. So, I must mm, admit mm, you I, have paid uh, I have received a few nasty text messages mm. from the SABC about my TV license. But guess where the money goes? So it, it collects about a billion rand in, 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 in taxes, in these licenses. It pays the people who collect 1.4 billion rand to collect 1 billion rand. All right? I, mean, I don't know that. No, that's incredible. So now, that is crazy. Go, go, go right ahead and tell me what on earth we are doing. And by the way, uh, if anyone in this room does watch anything on the SABC, please raise your hand because there's absolutely nothing worth watching. All right, let's move swiftly, swiftly along. Um, <laughs> let's, move, let's, <laughs> let's move on to some of the um, happenings in the private sector. We've got um, the Old Mutual saga with its mm. uh, now former um, CEO, Peter Moyer. He's launching a, 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 fight, a fight back. What's, what's your take on that? Is, is, is that worth it I mean, for, this from, is from his perspective? I mean, this is, this is not going to end anytime soon. Uh, I mean, definitely. Like, I mean, I mean this, this has been one of the most high-profile CEOs in the country, and basically his name... 
And I think, I think from, from the, if you go back three weeks ago, it was suspended under mysterious conditions and there was a sense that the statement issued, the company issued saying he hadn't actually done anything wrong, performance was good. And now, I mean, that's good, that's well and good, but then out there people, you know, they will say there's, what, what's, what's the term? No, 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 no smoke without fire. So, so that, that alone, alone that, that, that's, that, that's get your reputation to be, to, to be cast under doubt. Mm -hmm. And then three weeks later now, the old mutual have come up with something else that actually implies that they did do something wrong when it came to like, uh, collecting mm -hmm. dividends from NMT, the company that he was actually at before he was hired by old mutual. So yeah, I would think, yes, it is worth it just from the perspective of, from his own perspective of clearing his name, as, as he says, like, you know, like his name is, he feels like his name has been dismissed and he needs to clear it. I mean, I would think mm -hmm. that... It's absolutely the right thing to do. So they, they said there's a conflict of interest, which they have now named and said, basically, without using those words, the man has looked after himself at the expense of Old Mutual. So Peter Moyo has to stand up and say, as he points out, he says, there was a, a committee to manage the conflict of interest. This is a company, NMT Capital, which he started many years ago mm. as Amapubesi. And, and when he got the job at Old Mutual, this was fully known and disclosed. And there was a committee nominated by the board to manage this relationship, such that as, as Old Mutual is the biggest shareholder in Peter Moyo's company, there was always a representative of Old Mutual on the board of NMT, uh, which Moyo says they voted in exactly the same way he did. So he's, he's, he's as surprised as all of us uh, at this allegation. So the courts will be the best place to, to, to ventilate the matter and, mm -hmm. and will get a conclusion that may or may not clear him. Yeah, and I think- The impact for NMT. Yeah, I think, uh, well, actually about or Mutual, I, th I think they were, if you look at it with the, the way they approached it three weeks ago, I think they hoped it would quietly go away, but it's, it's not going to be that. This is, this is going to be a dragged out process. And it, I mean, it might influence the way they then go in search of a permanent CEO, because that, I mean, with something dragging on and dragging on, it, it makes it difficult. I think one thing they might, they might struggle to explain is that, according to the statement yesterday, so they decided to be concerned in the middle of last year. Mm -hmm. But anyway, as we all know, like last year, like if you look at 2018 results, Moyo is supposed to have done such a splendid job, they paid him 50 million. So they paid this fifty million while 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 they were concerned about his activities. And while that, they that, 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 that would actually strike you as odd. I mean, it, was, it does strike me as odd, it's like you know, as, as from outside. All right, um, Steinhoff, long-awaited results out. Um, I think it was a near twenty billion rand um, loss that that they're reporting. TJ, you've been doing some work on on Steinhoff. What did you? Were you surprised at all by anything that came out of that? Uh, well, it, it was scheduled to come out uh, yesterday, and it came out sort of overnight sort of this morning, sort of. So, uh, it, um, no, the numbers in there aren't really that surprising. I mean, they've, they've flagged that there were revenue shortfalls of uh, 100, 100 odd billion over a period of nine years. So, so you sort of expected they would absorb these losses in, in, in the sets of results that they, that they brought out. Um, remember, it's only a month ago that they brought out the 2017 results, the results that were delayed in the first place, which led to Marcus Eustace's departure, mm. which brought the share price crashing down, and which was the first time that they said accounting irregularities, uh, like a term which they coined. fraud. A term that they coined, which <laughs> allegedly means fraud. No, no, it means fraud. But luckily, some of the, some of the company you, itself... The term means fraud. I, I doubt uh, Marcus is going to be suing anybody, so I don't I think... Okay, so... <laughs> you, I'll the term not, means fraud. All right, so, 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 so. I, I know the legal team. The, the, the term, though, is accounting irregularities stands sounds, for fraud. To me, it sounds like fraud. 
Okay. It stands for fraud. Carry on. Carry on. Carry on, TJ. So we agree or disagree here. I, I mean, I, uh, I respectfully agree. Do we agree? <laughs> I respectfully okay, agree. let the man carry on. So, so um, I mean, whatever you call it, mm. uh, the funny thing is that we haven't seen them, uh, I mean, they've said they're going after the money and after the people, but yeah. we haven't seen uh, cases opened. So, so we still need that to unravel, and maybe they're waiting to, to restructure and to get through it all and not be distracted by court cases and yeah, not have their CEO. Why, why is it taking so long, this whole, we're going after the people who are responsible for, for this? I don't well, know. I have gone after the people who are responsible for anything in my area of work. Mm. I have really gone after them. The executives in the companies, it's, it's, it's all a big boys club. Everybody covers up for the next person. That's what really it is. Like TJ says, no one has gone to a police station and say, here's a crime of fraud that was committed against our company. I am the chairman of the company. I'm laying a charge of fraud against Marcus Yoste. Mm -hmm. Nobody has done that. Uh, why? Nobody has done. ESCOM has laid charges and then the police don't follow up. So the Germans have been investigating in the case of Steiner for over five years. Again, there's been no arrest. So... Uh, perhaps a journalist and a layman like myself uh, takes these things too simple. Uh, but if there is fraud, there is fraud, okay? Mm. And something needs to be done about it. Mm. Can you? No, I agree. Like, I, I don't think I even have anything to add. I mean, you can take in other... Obviously, like in South Africa, we've, we've had a related issue of the weakening of the NPA and everything else and like the, the quality of our procedural services and also like you know we had a special directorate we were supposed to we we're supposed to be having like, mm -hmm. but we still not sure whether when that's going to be funded or when it, when it's actually going to get off the ground so there, there is the issues of capacity and hopefully like as we keep saying with the new NPA head I, I, I know people get impatient but I think we should still we still give it time to rebuild all those resources as, you, as people would say, you know, institutions, you can destroy them in no time, but it takes a long time to build them. So, so I'll give them a benefit of the doubt. And, and okay, be... I'm so happy that you are actually, you think we do have time to give anybody. Mm. Sure, you can't just wish a prosecution into existence and, and, and dealing with the evidence and all of that. The fact of the matter is, this economy will only be attractive and serious investors will only ever look at us when we have restored the rule of law. A high-profile arrest and serious prosecution, mm. jailing of somebody, will reset this, and people will then start thinking, okay, if we have matters of corruption, they can be resolved in South Africa. Mm. Therefore, we will invest our money. At this point, forget it. Mm. And high-end corporate fraud. That's the other thing. So that, corruption is the one side and that, the high-end corporate fraud is the other one. Exactly. The private so, sector. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets arrested. It does not help when, when, when companies like Steinhoff uh, invent terms, uh, fraud. What did Tongat say? Their the, the new term for fraud? Uh, um, was there one? Was, accounting um, fraud. They, they said uh, uh, previous past, past, past practices. Past practices. That, that raised concerns. That raised concerns. They're like all concerned about past practices. What are these past practices? We suspect there is fraud. So let's go lay a charge. Nobody does that because it's a big boys club. All right, we're running out of time. Very quickly, I want to touch on um, Breit, a 25% drop in net asset value. And it uh, um, clearly was expected, but bleeding heavily. No, so, so the thing is, it's an investment company. So you, 
you, you, don't measure, you don't measure its performance by profit year on year on year. You look at the assets that it has under management the, 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 and the value of that. And for the past three, four years, it's been dropping by about a third every year. This year, this year was 25%. I mean, you would, you'd say it's a slowing drop, but it's, I mean, that's not really, that's not the way you want, want it to, to be seen. Mm. So th they have Virgin Active in their portfolio. They have Premier Foods, which you know uh, makes Snowflake and Super Seas and all sorts of consumer goods. And then they have a British retailer called Iceland Foods and then another British retailer called New Look, New Look yeah. which has been doing very poorly. So the thing with, with Breit is they've had this strategy where they leave their companies they invested in to retain their cash and build their businesses out. Now they started pulling this cash back because they have some serious issues um, with a debt, uh, with, a, with a bond coming due next year. So they need that cash. And it's, it's now, th this year it was 800 million, another 600 million coming in at the end of this month. So you can definitely see they're raking in the cash to pay off that bond. Mm. All right, um, very quickly, in about 30 seconds each, we have the, this, the sonar coming up um, tomorrow. Your expectations, what are you hoping that the president um, will say, this sort of thing? I know what, what, what he's going to say. He's going he's to say the same things again about immigration, more talk about spectrum, but the things that next, this time next year we'll still be talking about spectrum and why it, why it doesn't come true. <laughs> that doesn't mind disappointment. It's what we, he will do that matters, and nothing is what he will do. TJ, last word. So I hope he inspires and he gives some hope, but I also hope that some of these things get executed. Because even if you look at previous regimes in this country and the state of the nation addresses, some of them were, on paper, not that bad. But then if nothing happens, as Shekunati says, that's the problem. Everything hands, hands in the air and we go forward, no, like not even a meter. All right, we will wait with bated breath for that um, Sona um, address tomorrow. That's where we leave it. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me at the desk. Until next week, goodbye.